When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What up, y'all? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Download it today. Use the promo code DNVR when you sign up. It is Wednesday, April 26th, about 1.30 when I'm recording this podcast. We've got some recruiting news to get into. Last night, the football team got a big-time transfer commitment in Bobby Lawrence, 6'9", 321-pound offensive tackle with 36 games of SEC experience. He'll come over from Mizzou with one year to play as a grad transfer. So we'll get into what that means for the program, how that could potentially impact the starting five this fall. Then we'll get into the most recent departures, the guys that will be leaving the program. And we'll wrap up with me projecting the starting lineup for week one, mostly just for fun, because there's still going to be some more guys that come into the program that are going to factor into this equation. But it is officially off-season, so I figured why not do some off-season content, and it does not get any more off-season content than trying to do way too early predictions. (laughs) Before we get into everything, I did have a couple of things I wanted to touch on here in the intro real quick. Before I forget, I want to shout out Shelton Harris. Shelton is currently a graphic designer, but he makes music as well. I saw him open for Macklemore and Ryan Lewis at the Fox Theater 10 years ago. And he was just a teenager, you know, not that much older than me at the time. I was in high school. Ended up following Shelton's career, saw him a couple more times when he ended up back out in Colorado. And just funny enough, we've kind of developed a a little bit of a relationship over the years. I don't want to front and say he's like my best friend or something like that, but we definitely get along. He's hooked me up with some tickets in the past. And now he has most graciously given me permission to use some of his music as the outro for my podcast. So you'll notice at the end of the pod here, we'll have some new music. We'll still bump in some Joey Simmons here and there. Again, make sure you're checking out my guy, Joey Simmons on Spotify. He has been our main outro music for the last couple of years. Really talented dude that lives in Fort Collins. Childhood friend of my younger brothers, good friend of mine. But yeah, I just thought it was time for something new. Figured we could shake it up a little bit. And I'm just really appreciative of Shelton Harris for allowing me to use some of his music because I'm a big fan of his. He's a real cool dude. And I highly recommend you check out some of his stuff on YouTube. Check out Shelton Harris and Tyler Dops. Tyler does a lot of music with Macklemore as well. So yeah, big shout out to him. The other thing that I wanted to touch on, and I'm going to try and do this pretty concisely because it's certainly a topic that I could ramble on and on about if I'm not too careful here, is just everything that's happening at CU with this roster turnover scenario. A lot of hot takes flying both ways. Seeing a lot of people be like, what did you expect? This was the worst roster in the FBS. They're coming off of a 1-11 season. He said since day one that... You know, he was going to bring in his own guys. There was that viral video of him telling them to go ahead and hop in the portal. 
And so basically the people defending him are just taking the stance of what did you expect? This was just always going to happen, I guess. On the flip side, there are plenty of people pointing out that this is not normal, this type of roster turnover in one cycle. And just frankly, Dion and his staff are lacking empathy throughout this process. I mean, they are 18, 19, 20-year-old kids. I guess for me personally, like most things, I sit somewhere in the middle. I do think there are some there's some truth to what both sides are saying. The reality is the Buffs were an absolutely terrible team last fall. They did need to get an upgrade in talent. And I guess while I do think they could have been more tactful about this process, maybe given some of these guys a little bit more time, because I do think some of these players that are being run off are good enough to play. And I feel bad for those guys and and all these guys. I feel bad for these guys that are basically being told to pack your things and go. But if we're being real, it's not 1985 anymore either. This is big, big business. There's never been more pressure to succeed immediately than there is right now. And as the head coach, you're tasked with roster management. So I do understand where he's coming from in that sense. At the end of the day, it's about winning and trying to win. But I don't know. It's a fascinating situation to observe. But man, does it seem like a circus over there and just so much ego. So much ego in the ultimate team sport. When you read some of the quotes from the former players, you know, quotes like, not even sure if Dion knew the names of the guys he was cutting. How tight can that locker room truly be if a decent amount of the roster feels like the head coach does not care about them at all? I don't know. I guess we'll see. I'm not even trying to be a hater here. Like many of you, I'm just amazed because I've never really seen anything like this this quickly. But if I'm being real, I do have some skepticism regarding just this many moving pieces, this many new pieces being able to come together all at once this summer. That's a tough task. I mean, the reason you don't necessarily run off your entire roster right away is normally you need a little bit of continuity. But we'll see, I guess. I mean, if they hit the ground running and they're great right away, that would be very surprising to me, especially just given the schedule that they play, opening with TCU, Nebraska, and CSU. And then you get into a Pac-12 conference that's going to be really good, really experienced. I guess I'm just curious to see how things go for this team if they go through a tough stretch. Because everybody there is going to be new. It's not like they're going to be emotionally bonded or have gone through the fire together. Everybody's been sold on the promise that Dion's going to make them a star and that everything's going to be great now that Prime is here and this and that and blah, blah, blah. They've got a lot of flash. They've got a lot of sizzle. I guess I'm just interested to see if there ends up being any substance when it's all said and done. But if nothing else, it's going to make for one insane reality TV show. All right, we're going to move on. We're going to talk about Bobby Lawrence transferring in from Mizzou. We are going to talk about the most recent departures for the football program. And then we're going to dive into what that starting lineup may look like week one with the caveat that the roster is still in flux as of right now. But just the last thing that I want to talk about before we get into all of that, and I promise we'll move on after this, I just wanted to talk briefly about the Grizzlies. Obviously, it's been a lot of fun seeing David Roddy do his thing, had a really big game too for them. Not really looking like they're going to be able to make it out of that series against the Lakers, but it's been a lot of fun to see him playing on that competitive team, being part of a contender. I will say, though, 
the Dylan Brooks stuff, it's just worn me thin. I love Roddy. He's my guy. I bought his jersey. I'm pulling for him. But Brooks is so annoying that it makes it hard to root for that team. Like, he's a pretty decent role player. Don't get me wrong. I'm not acting like he's a scrub or anything like that. But just the stuff post-game, calling LeBron old, all the shots he's taken, hitting him in the nuts. I don't know, man. Like, can you maybe just win something that counts, win anything that matters before you start running your mouth against the greatest player of our generation? Like, I understand he's trying to play mind games. He's trying to be an agitator, all that stuff. That's a part of it. But, man, he he's too corny for WWE with some of the antics he pulls. And I'm just over it. I'm just over it. I like that Memphis team. I think they're young. I think they're exciting and fun. And to an extent, I even love the swagger and almost ignorant confidence that they have in themselves. But it's one thing for John Morant to talk trash. It's another thing for Dylan Brooks to talk trash. And then if you're going to do it, if you're going to do all of that and play the villain, then don't run from the media afterwards and refuse to talk and then try and talk about how the media is painting you as a villain and this and that. Lean into it. If you're going to talk trash, talk trash with your chest. But when you run your mouth and then get embarrassed on the court and then run away with your tail tucked between your legs, you just look like a punk. And I find it so annoying that there have been moments where I found myself being like, I am rooting for the Grizzlies, right? Despite the fact that I adore David Roddy, absolutely love him. I love John Morant. I love Steven Adams. And I hate the Lakers. Like 2% of self-awareness. That's all I'm asking for. 2%. All right, I got myself a little bit more worked up there than I intended to. So let's take an ad break real quick. Then let's talk about Bobby Lawrence, talk about the departures and get into what that week one lineup may look like for CSU football. But take on the sun with gear that's built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn, durable frames, and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they're going to send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. Together with their customers, Shady Rays is providing much-needed support to nonprofit partners across the U.S. through Shady Rays Impact, from building playsets for pediatric cancer patients to providing young adults with MS, the outdoor adventure of a lifetime. Shady Rays is making an impact in your community and others like it now for and for years to come. If you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange for a new pair or return them free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays has given out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com, use the code DNVR for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Cool, cool, cool. Cannot see the haters when you're rocking Shady Rays. I also want to shout out Fubo TV. They've got 140 plus live channels of sports shows, movies, and news. You can stream live TV from any device. You can watch the most Colorado sports for the lowest price. And what's cool is you can start immediately with a seven-day free trial. There's no contract, no cable, no hassle. Just sign up and start watching. It comes automatically with 1,000 hours of cloud DVR included. No extra charge there. And it's definitely the most convenient way to watch the local teams while traveling. Watch the Nuggets and Avs playoff run on Altitude and ABC with Fubo TV. Just go to FuboTV.com slash DNVR to sign up for 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. 
right. Took me a little bit longer than intended to get here, but let's talk Bobby Lawrence, who will be coming in from Missouri as a grad transfer, six foot nine, three hundred and twenty-one pound offensive tackle. He started at both the left tackle and right tackle in his career, played in 36 total games for the Tigers, though primarily he was more of a rotational guy these past couple of years, which, you know, makes sense. If he was a superstar, he would not be transferring out of the program, at least not to a G5. But as far as how Ram fans should feel, I think they should be stoked. I think the fact that you were able to add a guy who has some versatility to his game has played both sides, which is rare. I mean, obviously he's got an ideal frame, six foot nine, 321 pounds is just absolutely massive. What's encouraging is, although it's been a, a pretty small scale of what I've been able to find on YouTube, from what I can see, he actually moves pretty well. That was, you know, my big question when I, when I read his bio is, well, can he actually move at that size? And again, small sample size, not going to act like I'm an expert here on his game. We'll have to see him in person come August, but it, it does look like he's actually a pretty good athlete for that size. He holds the weight well, doesn't look, just look like a blob out there like some offensive linemen. And the thing that's also encouraging is just coming from Missouri, he already is going to have experience in an up-tempo offense. It's hard enough getting used to the altitude when you're not accustomed to it. If you also had to get accustomed to playing at tempo, like if he would be coming from a really slow, methodical, grinded out type offense, I might have a few more concerns about if it was going to pan out. But for me, I think this is perfect. It's a guy with a ton of experience. And you just kind of hope that if he was good enough to be a rotational player in the SEC, that he could drop down and be an impactful starter against G5 competition. But even if he isn't phenomenal, and let's say even if he doesn't necessarily earn a starting role, you would feel pretty good about having him as a rotational piece at this point. And that's important. I mean, I asked Jay Norvell about the two deep after the spring game. He had talked a lot about the starting five and how they had really stepped up throughout the spring, how he had liked what he had seen from them. But, you know, he was honest. He wasn't crazy about the depth behind those guys and that he wanted to be able to go out and add another veteran offensive lineman to the mix to push these guys and continue to to make things hard. I mean, that's the other thing. Even if it does end up being the five that started in the spring, just having more competition is a good thing. So I'm stoked. I think this is a big addition. I'm really excited to see what Bobby Lawrence looks like when he gets here. Again, not a ton of film on him out there that we can watch. I'm sure the coaches have a lot more access to stuff, but... I mean, when you look in 2020, he started at left tackle against LSU. Missouri won that game 45 to 41 as an offensive line. They only allowed one sack. The Tigers racked up 586 yards of total offense that day. They were 50% on third down, five of 10, averaged 11.6 yards per pass, five and a half yards per carry, really did whatever they wanted. Now, it was 2020. That was a wonky year. And if you remember back, that LSU team was not very good after winning the Natty the year before, but those are encouraging numbers. Uh, 2021, he started at right tackle against South Carolina. They won that game 31-28. to Again, the O-line allowed just one sack. Again, 50% on third down, 7-14, 7.8 yards per pass, 5.6 yards per rush. That was on 46 carries, so a pretty substantial workload on the ground. If nothing else, it seems encouraging that the offensive line seemed to have performed well on those days when Lawrence happened to start for Missouri at one of the tackle positions these last couple of years.
whether that translates at CSU, we'll see. But at least it wasn't a situation where you look up at the numbers and be like, man, the three times he started at tackle, they gave up five sacks that day and lost by 30 or something. So I'm excited to see what he looks like. I'm really intrigued by that frame. Love the experience that he has coming in. I know getting bigger at all the positions was just a big point of emphasis for Norvell when he came in. They've done a good job of doing that at receiver, at DB, at O-line now. And I will go into what I think the week one starting lineup will look like here in just a couple of minutes. But it certainly would not surprise me at all if it was Bobby Lawrence in the starting lineup when the Rams host Washington State week one. Uh, Moving on to the guys that have left the team of late. First, we had Sanjay Strickland, linebacker out of Arvada. Former Pomona star signed with the Rams under Steve Adazio. He played in 13 total games as a backup and special teamer between 2020 and 2021. Did not play in any games in 2022. He'll leave CSU with 16 total tackles and a half a sack. Just never seemed to find his footing in the 4-2-5 under Freddie Banks. And uh, I think he left the team before the conclusion of spring ball even. Offensive lineman Justin Michael will also be moving on. Former three-star recruit at a Pooter High School. I had him on the pod. Really good kid. Uh, Fort Collins native, obviously. Signed in 2021. Unfortunately, injuries have set him back. We have not seen him on the field yet. He'll leave CSU with four years of eligibility. I saw he already posted that he's received an offer from Greeley. That feels like a perfect landing spot for him. Finally, we've got wide receiver Kai O'Day Jr., Cherry Creek High School standout. He was the only Adazio recruit that Jay Norvell signed in 2022. Norvell really talked him up a lot last winter, um, but he just... Didn't seem to find his footing in the offense. Really didn't stand out much. Um, Did have some injury stuff that kind of kept him off the field, so that should be added in. Not trying to dog him or anything. Just never really got to see what he's capable of. And so with all these guys, you know, we wish them well. Hope that they're able to land on their feet, get a good spot. Hope they find a spot. That's the tough part with a lot of these people in the transfer portal that I don't think the players realize as many of these dudes enter and then never end up anywhere. But Kai is a good enough athlete that I think he'll probably end up somewhere. Um, We're going to get into what the starting lineup might look like week one. But when you get hurt, Backus and Shanker is here to help. Backus and Shanker wins for Colorado families. They've been helping those who are seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. They're free until they win money in your case. No upfront fee to speak with you about your case. No fee while they work on your case. And no fee unless they win your case and win money for you. Backus and Shanker has won over $1 billion for their clients now with even more locations serving all of Colorado, including neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, and Fort Collins. Backus and Shanker has the strength and power to win your case with more than 30 lawyers and 100 staff. Backus and Shanker helps with all kinds of injury cases when you weren't at fault, car accidents, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrians, trucks. They can even help if you're injured at work. Call us at 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Backus and Shanker wins. Also, you know that we love our Breck Brews at DNVR, and it's because they have a beer for any occasion. They've been doing it for 32 years, and it all comes down to their love and passion for making good beer. Breck Brews are made with 100% renewable energy. Gotta love that. You've just got to love the endless variety that they offer. I am a big summer shandy fan. You can't go wrong with just a classic avalanche amber ale, especially during the Stanley Cup playoffs. The good company hard seltzers always hit. Whatever your poison, check out the Breck Beer Locator at breckbrew.com. Find a Breck Brew near you. 
Cool, cool, cool. All right, we're just going to kind of go through this really quickly. This isn't going to be like a long, drawn-out process because there are guys that aren't even on campus yet. Um, there's a transfer that I think is going to factor into this equation. But I figured we could just kind of get a look at what that starting lineup is going to look like when Washington State comes to town in September. Starting under center, of course, Giles Pooler. No, I'm just kidding. We've got Clay Millen, QB1. I think Jackson Stratton will be QB2. Just based on how the reps went this spring, the fact that Jackson Stratton was the second quarterback in in the spring game, the fact that he got to play against New Mexico in the season finale last year, it's just a lot of signs that he is the the next guy, according to the staff. Uh, running back, probably the, the biggest guessing game right now. This is where I do think it will be a transfer who has not yet made his news public, but y'all will be stoked about this, assuming that it does actually come. Um, so I'll say Damian Henderson for now, true freshman, four-star recruit at a Los Alamitos High School. Really, really dynamic athlete. I don't know what's going to happen with Avery Morrow. This is, again, what I'm projecting for week one. I just would think, based on what I know about the situation, if he's still on the team, probably going to have to face some type of suspension. So I, I don't think it'll be him week one. That's purely speculation on my part, though. I, I do want to add that. I know some things, but it's it's not like that's what I've been told. He's going to get suspended or, or something like that. I'm just kind of with what I know, trying to tie it all together. Uh, wide receiver one, Torrey Horton, duh. Justice Ross Simmons, I think, will be the other guy out wide. Then you got Lewis Brown in the slot at tight end. I believe it will be the BYU transfer, Dallin Holker, though we'll see plenty of Jordan Williams and Vincent Brown, especially I think Vincent Brown could be a red zone specialist. Just one of those guys that's going to be such a coverage mismatch for defenses. Great height, great athleticism, soft hands. You just kind of throw it up and let him go get it. Dallin, though, I think is just going to be big for moving the sticks and keeping drives alive and attacking the middle of the field consistently and just some dependability, which is really where the Rams were lacking at that position last year. But I do think that group is in for a big season. Moving on to the offensive line, still kind of a crapshoot just because, you know, Brian Crespo is injured. He's a guy that I think could factor in at tackle. We haven't had an opportunity to see Bobby Lawrence in person yet or the junior college guys that'll be coming in this summer. Just this is my gut. I think it ends up being Bobby Lawrence that starts at left tackle over Savion Henderson, despite the fact that I think Savion played really, really well and I think he will play. It's just that it's tough to pass up on that frame, especially if he's dependable in pass protection. You know, I think the staff would probably prefer that it ends up being Bobby. I don't, and like, given that he's a grad transfer, you know, he was probably told he's going to have a pretty decent opportunity to start. I don't think he's just going to come in and waste his one year here if he didn't at least believe he had an opportunity to. He's going to have to earn it. But with his frame, with his experience, I'm sure he had plenty of suitors, even other Power 5 teams. Um, right tackle for right now, I think it'll be Drew Moss, and unless, you know, maybe it's Savion at left tackle. And then, you know, if, if Lawrence were to start at right tackle, that'd be probably because he was more dependable as a run blocker than a pass pro. We'll have to see. You know, a lot of these we're going to have to see. But again, Drew Moss, who came over from Lamar, and Savion Henderson, who came over from Lane College, both impressed the staff. Both were very consistent with what they did this spring. So I'm not trying to make this seem like they were doing a bad job or anything like that. 
at left guard, it'll be Oliver Jervis, has been all spring. At center, Jacob Gardner, those I feel the most confident about. At right guard, I think it'll be Tavis Teodi, who was converted from defensive tackle, but really found his calling as a right guard. It's kind of funny because his dad is actually a defensive line coach, but you know maybe his niche is just going to be on the other side of the ball. Obviously, having that hand experience, I think is going to be huge. Got a great base, really, really strong guy. But yeah, that's what I envision the starting offense to look like. Um, defensively, they're going to play a ton of guys along the defensive line, but Mo will will definitely be there. Mo Kamara, Edge. In the interior, I'll say Cam Baratow and Grady Kelly, and then maybe Mukendi Wakalanji at the other edge. But I've heard good things about Nuer Gakwa. I've heard good things about DeAndre Gill. I've heard a lot of great things about Kennedy McDowell, the true freshman. Uh, Tyler Quinn seems to be coming into his own at defensive end. I think we're going to see more James Mitchell. I mean, they are just loaded. And Matt Thomas, the Rhode Island transfer, he's going to factor in there. So honest to God, it would not surprise me if it was any combination of those guys. And they're all going to play a lot. But you you can feel pretty good in betting that Mo Kamara will be starting at edge week one. At uh, linebacker, I think it's going to be Chase Wilson, and then Drew Kulik, assuming he's healthy, didn't play a ton this spring because he was dinged up, but he was a guy that you know came on strong last year, former walk-on. At defensive back, you'll have Chiggy as your corner one, Chigose Anusium. Then I think it'll be Ron Harge, the Oregon State transfer. But Don Morris, who transferred in from Furman, going to push him, I think. Those two will, will definitely have an opportunity to compete for a lot of playing time. Both of those guys are going to play a lot, I think, in general. They have better coverage corners than they had last year. That was something Norvell talked about last weekend as well. Finally, at safety, Jack Howell, Henry Blackburn. And at nickel, it'll be Aiden Hector. You know, I don't want to get too carried away, make any bold things that end up getting mocked months from now. But I think this defense has an opportunity to be one of the best in years. Like, going back to Lubick. They just, they have better athletes. They have guys that can create turnovers and lay the wood. They have a lot of continuity. And for the first time in a long time, you just don't really feel like there's any holes in that starting defense. Yeah, you can improve the depth a little bit, especially behind Kulik and Wilson at linebacker. And I think that's a position, if you could add another transfer into the mix, especially one with some playing experience, you would definitely look into it. But I think this team has a really good opportunity to be competitive I don't think hoping for a bowl game is crazy. Just for the first time in a long time, it feels like this program is finally heading in the right direction. After years of stagnation, we're finally heading up. Anyways, that's all I've got for today. Shout out to all of you for supporting the content. We'll have more throughout the week. Much love, y'all. Peace. Probably never make it when well, you listening to that right now. I said we on now.